Hallelujah, hallelujah. Whatever you need is in the house of the Lord tonight. Whatever you need is in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm not just saying a phrase that's cliche. I'm telling you the truth. Whatever you need is in the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. I feel such a depth of the Spirit of God in this place. God is doing tremendous things. Turn with me, please. The book of Psalm, chapter number 62, verse number 5. Yesterday on the drive over here, the Lord began to deal with me. I preached along these same lines a couple of weeks ago, but I believe the Lord is directing us in this vein once again. How many know that it is in order and it is appropriate for miracle signs and wonders to be a part of the apostolic church? That's the way God designed this thing. It's not foreign. It shouldn't be foreign. To hear the testimonies of what God is doing in people's lives. Let's just read one verse of scripture. The psalmist said in verse number 5, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. I preach this evening the restoration of expectation. The restoration of expectation. Would you lift your hands with me one more time all over the building? Father, you're doing a a sovereign divine work in this place. I pray for every heart and every mind. Lord, I take dominion over everything that would try to distract us. Everything that would try to hinder us. Everything that would try to deter what you're wanting to do. We release the supernatural in this place. We release the work of God in this place. We believe for the impossible tonight, Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, clap your hands unto Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord bless you. You can be seated tonight. Hear me when I begin. There has never been nor will there ever be a problem with God's ability or His willingness to do the miraculous. Don't let the thought creep into your mind that God, His power has diminished. No, God is the same in regards to His ability. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. His ability is not in question. God is not any different. The Bible said Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. In speaking of his willingness, Jesus said this, Ask and ye shall. Receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. The word shall in all of those three instances, it's a definitive word. It's an absolute word. It leaves no room for error. 
It's not maybe. It's not possibly. It is shall. No one can point fingers to, at God as to why the miraculous is not happening in their life. It's the same God that performed all throughout this book. He's still performing today. And his performance is not based on gender. It's not based on social standing. It's not based upon how much money I have. But it's based upon whether or not I can expect God to do what his word said he would do. Where does expectation come from? Where is the source of my expectation? Psalm 62 and 5, he said, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Embedded in the soul, in the fabric, in the DNA of humanity is a seed of expectation. It's God's way of connecting with people. That's why people who don't even go to church, when they get in uh, the trial of their life, they will find themselves calling out to God. Because there is a form of expectation in us. We have a reliance upon God. And we realize that when we get in situations that are greater than we are, that we have a connection with a higher power. My friend, when you wake up in the morning, it ought to be that you expect God to do the miraculous. You expect God to lead you and guide you. You expect to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. When I come to church, I expect God to perform. I expect God to show his power. I've got confidence tonight. Somebody believe me that God cannot fail. God has never messed up. God has always been on time. And if I can expect it, God can perform it. God wants to give us a restoration of expectation. There's one thing that we're lacking in the apostolic church. We're not lacking for buildings. We're not lacking for music. We're not lacking for great preaching. But where we're lacking is we are allowing our situation to dictate the level of our expectation. We're allowing the mountain to dictate to us what God is able to do. But Jesus said, if you got faith as a grain of mustard seed, if you can just believe a little bit here, you can speak to that mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. What he was trying to convey was all you got to do is expect something to happen. Jarius came to Jesus, got a daughter, she's sick. Jesus is on the way to heal the daughter. And on the way, there was a woman with an issue of blood. You know the story. She made her way through the crowd. She touched the hem of his garment. Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? There's somebody here that has a need. There's something here that flowed out of me. And Jesus said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, now here's the disciples watching this happen. 
Here's the church people watching all this happen. You would think when they showed up at Jairus' house, Peter would be like, Jesus, now, I got this. James and John, they'd be so full of faith. Their expectation would be soaring through the roof. The Bible says Jesus put everybody out of the house except the parents and Peter and James and John. Now, that should have been a room full of faith. But when Jesus healed that child, the Bible says they were astonished with a great astonishment. Who is they? The only people in the house was Peter, James, and John and the parents. And that, that scripture right there leapt out and, and, and smacked me in the face because I find myself at times being more astonished when God does it than I am expecting God to do it. Why are we surprised when God performs miracles? Why are we surprised when God does the miraculous? It ought to be that we come to the house of God saying, I just believe anybody can get the Holy Ghost. I believe anything can happen when you get in the presence of God. I just believe God wants to perform. If you can expect it, God can perform it. I remember when I was a youth pastor. Now, I wasn't one of these sit-on-a-stool kind of youth pastors. What you see right now is how I preached at youth, sir. All I knew to do was get a word from God and go in that youth room and preach. And one day the Lord began to deal with me about faith and expectancy and believing God to do anything. And... I, re- I remember reading about the, the, the handkerchiefs in the book of Acts when, when they sent out anchor, handkerchiefs and, and, and people were healed. And I got to preaching and, and, and I had a little towel with me. You've seen the, the, like the, the small towels. And, and I had a towel. It was for men's conference. And I got to preaching and I got towards the end of my message and I threw that towel on the ground. And I said, anybody that wants the Holy Ghost or a renewing, when you stand on that towel, the power of God's going to fall upon you and you're going to get it. And then I caught myself. And I thought, now you got 40 or 50 kids in here and you just said anybody and everybody. And I, right at that moment, I wanted to grab that towel up and do a retake just for a minute here. But I realized God was testing my faith. Do you believe this, Tyler? And I'm telling you, once those young people came, one by one, whoever stood on that towel, the glory of God began to fall on them. Power of God began to fall on them in that place. And that night, everybody that was in that youth room was slain in the power of the Holy Ghost. I had parents that would walk in that room and walk out. They said, when we opened that door, it felt like fire in that place. You see, if you can expect the miraculous, God can perform the miraculous. That's what revival's all about. You never know what happens when you get flowing in revival, when the miracles start happening and the power starts flowing. God's not asking you to figure it out. Don't let your lack of understanding determine your level of belief. I don't understand a whole lot of things, but I believe in them. I don't understand how when I put my key in my, in my vehicle and turn it, it starts and I can drive. But I know that it does. I know that it works. 
You can't let, let what you don't understand hinder your level of belief. There's a lot of things that if you start trying to analyze how God's going to figure it out, how God's going to perform it, how God's going to do it, all you'll do is stunt your expectation. All you'll do is hinder your level of belief because we try to process everything through analytical minds. We like having the plan A and the plan B and C, D, E, and A. We like to be prepared. When I first started evangelizing, and I went somewhere that I'd never been. I was going somewhere I'd never been before. I liked, I would get on Google Earth. Some of you don't even know what Google Earth is, but if you know, if you know what it is, you can look at everything in real time like you're there. And I would take that little man and I would put it in front of that church. That way I knew every, all the surroundings of that church. And I, I didn't like going into un, uncharted territory. But when you start following God, he's going to lead you places you've never been before. He's going to take you places where you have to totally trust him. Well, it's hard for us people that like to be in control. I'm one of those guys. I made up my mind a long time ago. I don't like riding with people. Because when I'm ready to go, I'm going. I'm driving. You can sit there and do whatever you want to do, but I'm leaving. One time we went to Branson. We was at Branson. And we, were, we had, our kids were much younger, and it was the middle of the summer, and we took the shuttle to Silver Dollar City. What they didn't tell us was that the shuttle only ran like one time at the end of the day. And we were ready to go. And we had kids that were upset, and we were hot, and I remember just sitting there at the gift shop for another two hours. And I said, Tyler, you broke the rule. You're always supposed to drive. Don't ever wait for somebody else. We are, I like to be in control. I like to be able to figure things out and, and explain how things are going to happen. But I've come to realize with God that you're not going to figure it out. But you can still believe that God has everything under control. God will still perform. God will still make a way. I remember in one service I had a young person. There was a man in our church who had, had a stroke. It was a very unfortunate thing. It was one of those services where the power of God was moving and everybody was shouting and huckabucking. And this guy was known to be a wild man when he got to shouting. And that night, while everybody was, was, was going, he was right here by the front and he got to convulsing and, and huckabucking. And we didn't realize he, had, he was having a stroke and a brain aneurysm at the same time. And God spared him and saved him, but he was left to a wheelchair and he was paralyzed on one side of his body. And, and, and that, was, that was when I was 15, 14 years old, maybe 13 years old. And so, but he was faithful to church. His family was faithful. And I remember one night, power of God was moving when I was a youth pastor. And, and we, we were gathered around praying for this man who sat all the way on this side of the building. And we were praying for him. And I had one of my young people. He, he spoke to that man and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And nothing happened. And that young man was so discouraged. He was so beat down. He'd come to me saying, I just, I just knew that something was going to happen. 
I looked at him. I said, don't you dare beat yourself up. I'd rather have one person believe that God can do anything than a hundred people that aren't willing to step out and expect for the miraculous. It's not our responsibility to make things happen. We just believe that God will do what he said he would do. You speak that word of faith. Even if it doesn't happen, speak it again. Don't stop expecting God to do it. I heard Brother Cunningham tell the story of a a crusade in Thailand. And the way they they had 50 chairs out, and this was years ago when it was first starting, and, and 50 people in them. And he turned to one of the elders of the Thailand church, one of the ministers, and he kept a ledger, he kept a log of every person that received the Holy Ghost. And he told them there's 50 people in the chairs. And, and, and then he was going to let them know how many got the Holy Ghost. Well, that man grabbed his book and he wrote down 50 received the Holy Ghost. And he said, no, brother, I, I told you 50 of them sat in the chairs that they're seeking. We're fixing to pray. And in his broken English that minister said, 50 pray, 50 get it. You see, there's a principle there. He had enough faith to go ahead and write it down. I know what it looks like, but I just believe that when all of them pray, all of them get it. What kind of things could happen if the church got a mindset and said, I'm coming up to the house of God, and I just believe God is going to perform. Preacher, I've heard faith all my life. I've heard this all my life. If we've heard it all of our lives, why do we still struggle with it? If this is just old hat, then why are we still struggling with whether or not God is going to do it? I just, I just have to be reminded at times. And before God reminds you, he reminds the preacher. God works me over at times. See, God taught me a long time ago when I first started evangelizing. I went to a church, and I'm telling you, by the time I was done, they didn't even know. They couldn't even recognize it was a watermelon. I destroyed that message. I mean, as soon as I started preaching, I was looking for a closing point. It was bad. And, and, and I thought, There's, I don't know, I don't know what, what we're going to do with this. We might as well dismiss and go home. This was bad. But can I tell you that the power of God moved in those altars? I'm telling you, the glory of God moved in that place. And God taught me something that day. God's willingness to move is not predicated on how good or how bad I do. We got this mindset that says, well, we have to have a dynamic message. We got to have some powerful singing. Everything has to, elements have to be right for us to have a move of God. No. It's all messed up. God has promised that he's going to move. And whether or not it's a good message or a bad message, or it's a good song or a bad song, that has no bearing on whether or not God's going to move. We don't have to conjure up a move of God. We don't have to work ourselves up into having a miraculous happen. All you have to do is show up and believe that God is going to honor His Word. You just have to believe. His moving is not based upon who's preaching. It's not based upon who's singing. It's not based upon whether or not I have goosebumps. It's based upon do you believe that I'm able. See, 
In Matthew 18, 20, there's a common passage of Scripture that many people quote when numbers are low in attendance. They'll get up and they'll say this. Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name. That's our way of making us feel better. All we need is just a few. You know, we can still have a move of God. But there's another verse in front of that. And the scripture says this. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. The first dealt with assembly outward. But the second was agreement or expectation. And basically what Jesus said is this. If you, you could have 500 people and 498 of those people showed up and they don't want to have a move of God. They don't think anything could happen. But if I can just get two people to expect me to do something, I'll honor the two and overlook the 498. So all I need tonight is two people in this building that can agree God is going to do something powerful, that God is going to do something amazing, that God is going to heal people's bodies, that God is going to turn situations around. And God says that's enough for me to move I wonder if we can praise him right now just for what he's going to do. I wonder if we can worship him for what he's going to do. Come on, believe with me right now. Believe with me right now. All over the building, I'll praise him on credit. I'll praise him on credit. God is able. God is able. God is able. There was a Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter number 4 who was given a promise from God and she had a baby and that great young baby grew up and that baby died in the field. And the, the only thing she knew to do was bring it back to the man of God. And the Bible said that he sent the prophet, or he, the prophet sent Gehazi out when he saw her coming. He said, go find out what's wrong with her. And Gehazi ran up to her and said, is it well? Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your son? Now here's a mama with a dead son. And she looked at him and said, it is well. What do you mean you got a dead son? You're holding a dead promise. You're holding something that looks lifeless and like it'll never breathe again. But it was her expectation that was speaking a word of faith. I'm not looking at what it is right now, but I see what it shall be. And the Lord spoke to me in prayer before service. I said, Lord, what do you want to do in this place tonight? He said, I want to breathe life into what those people think are dead. I want to breathe life into the situations that look impossible. I want to breathe life into that very thing that they're holding on to. You hear the word of the Lord tonight. You just put it in the hands of God. And when that prophet laid on that paper, it began to sneeze and lie. Life came back into that. Somebody needs to look the devil in the face and say, I don't care what it looks like. It is well. I got a word from God. I believe God is going to do it. Stand up.
stand with me all over the building right now. I feel a release in the spirit. Lift your hands in the air right now. Come on, open up your heart. All over the building, all over the building. Come on, reach out right now. Reach out right now.